fifthkind.tv. Welcome to the Fifth Kind TV. Caroline Corey is an award-winning filmmaker, a movie producer and director. She's also a researcher in the field of human potential and has developed some amazing work in that area through Omnium Universe. Today we're talking with Caroline about her new movie release, Superhuman. Because the energy is all around us, you can communicate with all types of different things. Well, what we do here is collect intelligence against foreign threats using a parapsychology discipline called remote viewing. We essentially want to invite you to become a psychic spy. We know our own CIA had been experimenting in psychic tests and abilities. The Israelis had an interest in it and may still. We know for a fact that the Russians were involved in this. We know for a fact that the Chinese were and are probably still involved. Something's happening that's bigger than us. Oh my gosh, this is blowing my mind. Like, this is insane. We are pieces of consciousness playing avatars in a virtual reality game called This Physical World. This is Captain Corey of the USS Red Recorder leaving a message that may be detected in other universes. The rain was tapping and the windows and the wind was banging. So we sort of come to this world and I guess in our materialistic sense, we want to forget about vibrations. We just want to think of matter and stuff. That's a whole uh, unit. That's a large effect. The fact that you can change the acid-alkaline balance in water implies that you could change it in the body. This is what this is about. Mind over matter. Caroline, welcome to The Fifth Kind. Hey, Paul. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. You have made an absolutely beautiful movie. It's inspirational, fascinating, and I think it's the kind of movie that anyone can watch and they'll come away not just with something to think about. They'll say, what can I do about this? They'll want to do something about it. What was it that got you into this particular project in the first place? Well, actually, this has been the story of my life. Uh, since I was a kid, I've had experiences. You know, I would, uh, when I was five years old, I would look at someone and I would see their uh, energy field, what's wrong with them, what's going on for them, what's going to happen to them. Um, I would just, they would be complaining about headaches or whatever. I would just touch them and things would happen. I would hear their thoughts, all kinds of, you know, strange stuff like that but to me it was normal I thought everybody's doing that so I didn't think it was anything special but so that's the reason why I stayed open to the idea that there is an invisible world that it exists that it's real but I didn't know what to do with it so I got into the field of consciousness consciousness studies what is it? How is it possible that my mind could tap into something that other people couldn't see or couldn't hear? And so I started researching and studying the, the whole phenomenon for 20 years, teaching uh, energy medicine, consciousness expansion to hundreds of people around the world and realizing this is real and uh, this is something that is not just theoretical. I mean, we work with somebody, you know, overnight, uh, their 
problem goes away, their health issues. Uh, you know, we can predict things that happen. I would hear things and then the next day they'd be on the news. So it's like, so because of this, I was very comfortable with the subject and I became very familiar with the mechanics of consciousness in the universe. And then I started working with scientists a few years ago. So we would set up experiments where I would be in Los Angeles, for example, and there in California, uh, in, in Oregon, or even on the East Coast, and I would be tapping into a device that they have and trying to change it, an electronic device, electrical device, or even water, change the pH of water. And, and the, the, I mean, it was incredible, the results, you know, and we would repeat that over and over. And after a while, we said, wait a minute, th these results are real, and we're setting it up scientifically. So at one point, I wanted to not just lecture and talk about about it, I, uh, you know, I thought we had enough material and enough evidence to put it in film to try to, you know, to at least, you know, show it uh, in a film format so many, many people could see it and understand. That's exactly what you've done. You, you've shared all that journey with us through the movie Superhuman. Anyone who's feeling locked down should watch this because you take us all around the world and it's a really interesting cocktail because the phenomena that you're looking at, you know, when you talk about things like psychokinesis or remote viewing, a lot of people's initial reaction is, oh, that's woo-woo, uh, that's uh, new age stuff. But you're going to genuine, tenured, peer-reviewed scientists at... Um, academic institutions who are doing serious scientific study into this and you take us through a whole number of experiments that show that we're dealing with something very real here and there was uh, a particular experiment that uh, I really enjoyed and it had to do with um, remote viewing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> would you like to say something about that one? Yeah, again, because I've been remote viewing for all my life and I've been teaching and other people being so successful at it, I thought we had to include remote viewing because also it explains so many things. It explains how someone could have a feeling, you know, a mother could have a feeling that something's happening on the to her son on the other side of the planet. And it's because you know, it's a natural process, it's a natural phenomenon. She's tapping into his energy. She's she's seeing him, you know, something happening to him. And so how does that work? It's all remote viewing, you know? And so I definitely wanted to explore that. Also, especially that the governments uh, were running programs, uh, you know, for the longest time, uh, training soldiers to remote view, of course, for military purposes, granted, but... But still, this means that they were taking it very seriously. And so because of that, I wanted to include it and to show live on camera how it's possible. And exactly. so, we did, yeah. I, and it's really exciting to watch. Is it uh, Rachel Brooks Smith that you did that experiment with? Yes. And Is so, right? yeah, so I wanted to invite different people, you know, known people, not so known people, random people from all over and for them to be involved in the experiment and just try it out. So 
Rachel was very open to the idea, but she had never tried it before. And we said, well, we'll just give it a try. So in two hours, literally in two hours, we teach her how to do remote viewing. And then we do what what is called an outbounder experiment. So I go with a couple of my crew members. We go to a remote location, which, by the way, she had never been to that place before. In other words, we, we were filming in Utah. And we brought her from Los Angeles the night before. So she didn't, she had never been to the area. She had no idea what anything looked like, completely different. And so we trained her for two hours. And then she tries to figure out where we are. You know, what we're doing, what kind of location, the colors, the smells. the, And she nails it. I mean, it was like crazy. It yeah. is, it's so impressive. I don't want to spoil the moment for when people watch the movie, but it is very, very impressive. The level of detail, the fact that this is a novice who's been shown how to do this, it, it really is quite mind-blowing. And it's interesting that you mentioned that governments invest serious money into this. I discovered only a couple of years ago that the British government has spent serious money on remote viewing for at least 500 years. Uh, Queen Elizabeth, the, yes, Queen Elizabeth I, when she set up the beginnings of uh, MI5, had a remote viewing unit. And it was because at that time we simply couldn't afford to have spies in every country. So if there was a way to get sight of what our enemies were doing through another means, we wanted it. And so way back then, in the reign of Queen Elizabeth I, we had a remote viewing unit, and it's it's been there ever since. It was probably there before, but we know about Queen Elizabeth because it's documented. So when governments are spending serious money, you know it's a real thing that we're talking about. But I want to go back a couple of steps, because <laughs> uh, we're, we're, we're at an amazing phenomenon, and just talk a little bit about how could this possibly work? And there are a couple of aspects that you explore in the movie. One is to do with uh, our electromagnetic field and the planet's electromagnetic field. And the other is to do with consciousness. And I really resonated. You do some experiments that relate to the EMF, the electromagnetic field. And there's a, a wonderful moment with Corey Feldman, where you do an experiment. Right. <laughs> it, I, I really resonated with that because uh, I'll just bounce a couple of things off you from my own experience when I was a boy. We used to have a, a washing machine, an electric washing machine. And when that washing machine was idling, you could hear BBC Radio 1 on it. Why? Uh, that's because, yeah, I know it wasn't supposed to play the radio, but clearly there was some electrical circuit in that machine that had just the perfect resonant frequency to mm. pick up the signal of BBC Radio 1. You could hear the speech, you could hear the songs. And then another phenomenon from that same era, uh, my gran had a TV connected to an aerial on the roof that didn't get very good reception. But if I stood near the TV suddenly the reception would be perfect or if any other family member did that. And evidently we were better aerials than the one on the roof. So those were early experiences for me that told us we are all entangled with the electromagnetic environment around us. Our bodies have their own field and maybe that's a mechanism by which we can do things beyond 
at the realm of our five senses. And you do some experiments that, that really probe that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So I feel, of course, I totally believe in the entanglement theory. It's not even a theory. It's actually been proven and demonstrated scientifically. But in terms of consciousness, it's still a theory because, you know, we can't actually measure consciousness itself. We can measure the effects of consciousness on the physical world. And so when one of the experiments, I think the one you're talking about, we record a voice on a tape recorder and then we play it back on another tape recorder that wasn't plugged in. And so the idea is, how is it possible that the voice could be transferred when the second tape recorder didn't even have batteries in it? And so there's a phenomenon called EVP as well. They do that. But this is all about the electromagnetic field transferring information and waves from one point to another. So if we can do that with radio waves or sound waves, why couldn't we do that with our consciousness waves? Because it it has been demonstrated that consciousness are a type of quantum wave as well. Exactly. And you do some experiments showing how uh, computers can read changes in our consciousness and our state of consciousness. So, you know, some people hear the word consciousness, state of consciousness, they think it's very abstract, but we can actually, we can actually measure these things and, and changes in our mood and our, our thoughts and our emotions. That part I thought was really fascinating. What's the, yeah. Where does that lead us? What's the potential of that, do you think? Well, the idea of the film is is also, like you were saying, not just to say that our consciousness has an effect on our physical world, our physical body, but to show it. So I'm hoping that when people see that, you know, for example, Naomi Grossman, we did this experiment with her, when she was thinking positive and happy, the waves were going completely different and very coherent and very beautiful and when she was in a chaotic space it it was the complete opposite so we could hear it in sound and we can see it uh, visually as well and so when people see that I'm hoping to you know that they would have the reaction like wait it means that when I'm thinking negative I am producing this negative vibe you know, so it's no longer a concept. It's a real thing, measurable thing. And so if that is the case, then I'm hoping that people will start to really, really take it seriously. That when they are thinking positive, setting an intent, it's literally having an effect on their cells, on their body. It's not Absolutely. an abstract thing out there. And I think some people will, will watch that and make another connection and that is to think I can always pick up what someone's thinking or what mood they're in if if this person's in a good place if I should avoid that person and then this experiment begins to put some science to that to explain how how are you picking that up how are you reading that and I, I wonder if that'll help people to pay more attention to those responses that they already have and and honor that a bit more and maybe even develop that a little bit further. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we hear a lot about people downloading information, like 
where did they come from? Or they come in contact with someone like you just said, and they feel what they're going through. So how does that transfer happen? It's all about coherence. It's all about resonance. And we are a, a receiver. We are an electromagnetic receiver and, and transmitter. And so this information, this transfer of information is happening all the time. Whether we like it or not, whether we know it or not, whether we see it or not, it's happening anyway. And so I'm hoping that when people see the, the film, for example, and these experiments, they will realize that, wait, they are picking up information. They just don't know how to discern or interpret or explain why they have those types of feelings. You walk into a restaurant sometimes and you have a weird vibe or you meet someone for the first time and you have this good vibe what is that like what is a vibe you know and so it's all about this invisible exchange of energy that is happening spontaneously um and so that's really what we show in the film we explain it and we demonstrate it absolutely i love that question what is a vibe because you've got so many experiments that really unpack that and say, actually, it's something real. Of course, yeah. vibe is short for vibration, isn't it? And yeah. so yeah. vibration, colors are vibrations, sounds are vibrations, electricity, that's vibrations. And we're learning that the thoughts are vibrations as well. So we're beginning to get some frameworks for actually studying and exploring these things. I had an amazing experience a couple of years ago, and it relates to the electromagnetic field again. I started doing uh, some earthing, uh, or some people call it grounding. Yes. And yes. Uh, just in case people don't know, that's to do with looking after your body's electromagnetic field. And when I started doing it, mainly through work, walking barefoot, but also through sleeping on an earthing mat, I knew something had happened immediately because immediately my sleep apnea was fixed overnight <laughs> didn't happen anymore but the other thing that started happening i started getting a sequence of remote viewing experiences just from out of the blue and i couldn't get my head around it and i began realizing that something in my brain was operating differently and so i shared this experience with a few friends, the few who I thought wouldn't think I was crazy, and uh, not really to my surprise, they said, well, that's amazing because I've had an experience like that. And I reckon almost everybody has had an experience of, I knew who was on the phone before I picked it up. I knew I was going to see you. I knew you were thinking about me. I knew something was wrong. I knew that person who's close to me had just passed away. And this might be, you know, from one country to the next. Everyone has glimpses of these experiences. And when we talk about them, it immediately raises the question, could we tap into that? Could we develop that further? So the $64,000 question is, can we develop it further? Absolutely. The idea is to do it on purpose. Because it's happening spontaneously and because it happens spontaneously and effortlessly, we dismiss it. Oh, it's a coincidence. Oh, you know, whatever. Everybody does that. No, there's something, there's, there are mechanics that we are studying and understanding and demonstrating now. And
if there are mechanics, then we can do it on purpose. And so there are specific meditations, specific exercises that allow you to focus your brain in a very specific way. So it's not, not, not all meditations are created equal. That's what I say, because you know, not because you meditate, let's say you do mindfulness or transcendental meditation, whatever. It doesn't mean that you can just jump in and do it because every meditation does something different. Uh, so sometimes, so you feel calm, but it doesn't mean that calm, that you're going to be able to focus and be precise and move an object. You know what I mean? So there's, there are uh, types of meditation that allow you to what I call zero point. So you align specific zero point uh, within the brain, within the, the heart center and behind the navel. There are three. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> She's liking the conversation. Oh, this so, is Sky. Hey, Sky. <laughs> so, so you align specific, uh, there's three energy fields in your body. It's not just one. And you align them specifically in a way that you are basically making your physical body, your emotional state and your mental state in a very uh, kind of coherent alignment. And when that happens, you quiet in a different way and you then you can be very precise, like laser-like. And when you are laser-like, this is when you can use this technique to, for example, um, again, affect water, telepathic community, or, you know, do telekinesis, move an object, or communicate telepathically, or see remotely. Now, the experiment that you did with water and affecting yeah. the pH of the water, I thought that was really exciting because... If you can do that with your consciousness, it really, the connection I immediately made was, oh, there are implications in that for healing or for self-healing. If you can affect the pH of water, then presumably you can affect human cells with a focused consciousness. And um, these are meditations that, that you do, that you, you've been doing to focus your consciousness. Does it work for everybody? Because you've been, you've had an ability since you were five years old. And was that nurtured? Did your parents recognize that you had it? Or, or was it something you had to develop on your own? Oh, it's a methodology that I developed on my own. Like I said, when I was a kid, I thought I all the kids were doing what I was doing. I didn't think it was anything special. And so I didn't talk about it. I didn't. I just kept it to myself. But later on, when I was older, I was like, wait, the other people can't see what I just saw. They didn't know what, I, what just happened that I knew yesterday. So this is where I realized I was doing something different. But I wanted to know how. That's why I, I like, I'm like an engineer or a scientist. Like, it's not good enough to do it. I want to know exactly how I did it to be able to repeat it, to be able to teach it or share it with people. And so I developed the whole methodology myself and I tried different things. That's why I know I tried this meditation, that meditation, this other one, and it, it wasn't doing it. So I had to kind of figure out my own way to get to those results that I wanted. And anybody can do it, everybody can. Now, some people have, will say, I can't meditate. And it's true, or I can't quiet my mind. I'm always like talking, talking. And it's true, but you just have to try, just like anything, you know, like you wanna work out, you, you have to exercise, you have to try.
And in Omnium Universe, you have developed tools and processes that that anybody can get into, anybody can use, haven't you? And we we actually see that in the movie where you take somebody from cold to doing something phenomenal. Yeah, exactly. So because, like I said, I've been teaching it for, you know, 20 years. I have a massive library on, it was mostly energy medicine because it was specifically to help you know, somebody kind of recognized the root cause of the problem and shift it as quickly as possible. So I have a whole methodology for that. But then it was, okay, how to focus, um, how to receive information, how to discern that you're not making it up, that you didn't project. Um, and so how do you discern? Because a lot of people are getting the, this guidance, but they don't know where it's coming from. Is it an extraterrestrial? Is it a guardian angel? Is this your higher self? Who is it? Is it your, your deceased grandfather? Like, how do you know? You know, you think you know, but, or you, sometimes you feel, you know, like you feel the presence or something, but is the, is the person here or are they somewhere else because of entanglement? Are they on Mars communicating with you? So all that specificity is what I wanted to develop in my in my techniques. I wanted to know: Are you when you when you when I'm hearing this thing? Are you standing right next to me? And how did you get here? And you know, or am I? You know, so all of that is really the bulk of my work. Yeah, that's that's wonderful. Now you used the wonderful word entanglement there, yes. and uh, when people talk about consciousness and research into consciousness. We quickly get into the question of how the consciousness of different people can be connected remotely at a distance. And I find when I hear people talk about this, they love to go into quantum research. Uh, what's the connection? Just unpack for anyone who's not familiar with quantum, why, when we talk about consciousness, is quantum so exciting? Well, because, well, I mean, quantum entanglement is, again, it was proven scientifically, but basically it's the idea that two particles can exchange property at a distance without the two stars, even very, very far away, even very large objects can exchange those properties at a distance. And so if that's the case, it means that there is a medium within which that exchange is happening. How is it possible that you do something with this this item, uh, this uh, element, and then um, this other one responds in the same way. So, if that's the case, then you you can speculate because again, this hasn't been you know demonstrated and proven scientifically that consciousness also operates at a quantum level and is is also entangled um, because it has a quantum wave itself. Consciousness consciousness is. A quantum wave like so if it is if it has a quantum wave property then it is entangled also with the physical world so that's the idea so which means then in other words that your mind your consciousness is literally entangled with the physical world there's no separation as you think just like those two properties, you this one, um, you do something with this this element, and the other one responds. It's exactly in the same way. You do something with your consciousness, and the physical world responds. 
because you're entangled. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, it, it does. Um, at the at the tiny level, there have been experiments to show that uh, electrons that were previously uh, entangled in an atom, say, you can take them to different countries and yeah, flick yeah. one and the other one will vibrate. We're all made, made of those things. Exactly. We're, we're made of photons. We're made of electrons. So if it works at the quantum level, then that has to have an implication for us as human beings and, and the connection of our consciousness. And again, it's something that I think everyone has had some experience of, knowing that something has just happened to someone that you're close to who's in a different country or, or knowing what another person is thinking, whether or not you're in the same room. We all get glimpses of it. And I love that in your movie, you're really shining the light on that with real science, real experiment, and showing us that something real is going on. There's a wonderful quote. Um, it was from Tom Campbell in the movie, and he said, the physical world is a derivative of consciousness. Yes. And I think that is one of the most profound discoveries of quantum. And I read that, and I immediately thought, hang on, this is Plato. <laughs> Plato said this two and a half thousand years ago. That consciousness comes first and then the manifestation of the material world. And if we can get our heads around that, it does lead us into the question of can we alter the material world? Can we get the material world responding to shifts in our consciousness? Can you talk to that a little bit? Yeah, I think the problem is we don't see the cause and effect. So in other words, uh, we think of something, but it doesn't happen right away. So I think I want to buy a house. The house doesn't show up like the next day or the next minute. I, I want know, it's frustrating. It's yeah, frustrating. Exactly, exactly. And that's the reason why people don't make the connection that consciousness comes first mind and your intent comes before the manifestation in in the physical world because of this lack of direct cause and effect um and because uh, i think also because we are operating through time and space so we think i want a relationship i want money i want a house but you know maybe three weeks later three months later three years later you get it but you don't realize it's because three weeks ago you had the thought. You, you say, oh, you know, finally this thing happened in my life. You know, this happened to me as opposed to I thought it, I created it, I manifest. And so I think that's the problem why people don't realize how powerful they are, that every thought they emit in the time-space continuum has a measurable and real effect. Uh, and so this multidimensional, you know, time-space is not linear is the, the problem. I mean, you know, they don't see that direct link. So in the movie, um, it's exactly why I did this in the movie is to show the direct link that you think this happens. So telekinesis, for example, or the water experiment shows that the minute you think I want this paper to move, it moves. The, the Exactly at the moment that you uh, project your intent, I want the water to change the pH, it does. So that is the reason why I made the film. 
because in real life we don't see the connection but when in the film you see the direct connection you go oh my god then every thought i have has an effect and so that is the purpose and hopefully that's what it's going to you know bring up in people's minds well those those moments in the movie are so powerful the psychokinesis moments and the paper experiment getting the paper to move I watched that with my wife, Ruth. Our jaws dropped uh, <laughs> when we saw that experiment. So, everyone, you've got to watch the movie. You've got to see the psychonesis experiments were particularly, well, actually the one with the foil and the one with the paper, they are amazing. And you will come away from that thinking, okay, what can I do? Because I remember when I was a schoolboy, we used to we used to try and do psychokinesis. You'd put something on a desk and you try and move it. But what's, and we never did. But what's so interesting <laughs> about your experiments is that intent is a little bit more subtle than that. And trying to force something to move on your desk doesn't get the results that we see in your experiment. It is, there's something more subtle about the intent, isn't there? Yeah, and, and that is the training that I was talking about. So. When I started working with all kinds of experiments, I realized that the target behaves differently. So when I was working with an electronic device or an electrical device, I would try to change it, right? And by the way, for those who are listening, the way we conduct a scientific experiment, we don't just like, you know, just focus on it and take measurement. We create what we call a baseline, meaning for a long time, we measure, we take measurement over an hour, two hours, sometimes days, depending on what the experiment is. And so we have this baseline, meaning that is the measurement over the last hour. And then exactly at eight o'clock, we focus on it and then we see the effect. And then when we, at 8.15, when we stop focusing on it, it goes back to the baseline. That's how we know that it's exactly the intent that caused the effect. It's not a random thing. And exactly. so, yeah. And so, so when I started working with different things, it was very, very interesting. So in the beginning, the first experiments had to do with an electronic device, an electro electrical device. I was in Los Angeles and they, are, they were in, in um, Northern California. And uh, so I was just projecting my consciousness. And at the time, I just wanted a, a large effect, whatever that was. That was my intent. And I would notice that it's like it's as if my intent was pushing the device. It was making it do something, even though my intent was create an effect, whatever it is. And then it would work. And then when I worked with water or DNA, I worked, I've been working with DNA for a long time. Um, it was very different. It was as soon as I would focus on it, it responded. It's as if it's as if it was part of me. It was very difficult, very different. It was like it knew before me and it, and it was instantaneous, like it was as if we were one, we were at the same time. So as soon as I thought about it, it did it. It was and every single time it would happen the same way. So my explanation was, this is a biological system, uh, whereas the machine, you know, behaves differently. And then came the paper. <laughs> so the very first time I tried to move a piece of paper, 
it was so funny, Paul. It was talking back to me. It was saying, I'm not going to (laughs) move. You know, it was like, it was so interesting. It was rejecting my intent. And, And it totally, if I had to use a word, I would say, it had an ego. It was like, it, it had a personality. I, it was so funny. And then I thought, oh, maybe it's this piece of paper. I'll try a foil or I try. But every time it was a physical object, um, the, the response was, was as if I was dealing with a consciousness of its own and it wanted to decide So I had to kind of change my, you know, I had to like adjust the way I project my intention. So with the piece of paper or with the object, I would be like, okay, well, I would like to produce an effect. How about we do this together? Would you like to play? You know, it was more like, you know, it was more like this as if I would be talking to a person and then it would work. And then I would pull away as if I would let it decide and it would start to move instantaneously. So it's very strange, but that's how, you know, working with different things, you learn so much about you and the interaction with the physical world and how the physical world is responding to you. So it's really fascinating, I thought. It is fascinating. Yeah. And I loved in the, in the paper experiment, the, the scientists that you're working with I think he had a way of, of getting into it that was conceiving of moving the paper in the same way that he would move his finger and uh, just taking away that feeling of separateness from the other object and to get into a state where you feel, actually, that's part of me. But I love your story as well of the, the paper with personality. That is that is a wonderful story. And you're whetting my appetite. I've, I've got to go to Omnium Universe I, I want to do some training. I want to. I want to have some of these experiences because it really is jaw dropping when you see it in the movie. And some of these experiments, um, I love the rigor of the method. You talk about the diligence in establishing that baseline of random movement before you measure what happened from this time to this time, and you can see the correlation so dramatically. Um, people just have to see that. Yeah. Uh, there was another part of the movie that I found really moving. I watched it with my wife, Ruth, and it was really topical for us because we, we have three kids and uh, our youngest has just turned six. And uh, for the most part, we're very happy with their experience at school. But every so often we'll have a conversation where we feel we're, we're, we're dealing with cookie cutter education. And uh, every parent knows the uniqueness of their child and, um, and their child's special affinities and abilities. So I'm sure these are very common conversations, but we'd had a very frustrating day talking about that. And then we watched uh, the section of the movie where there's a group of children at an amazing school uh, run by Nicola Farmer in the UK. And uh, I don't, want to give it all away but we came away from that we were so touched by it seeing those children doing what they could do and we said to each other we are really letting our children down they are (laughs) capable of so much more and it was beautiful seeing some of this amazing potential being worked with how did you discover Nicola Farmer and 
what was your takeaway from that encounter? Yeah, so I saw actually one of her videos somewhere online. I don't know how I just stumbled on it. And actually, uh, this was before I was pre in pre-production. In other words, I wasn't even planning, you know, the, the filming schedule. But when I saw it, I thought, I need to see these kids and I need to investigate this. And by the way, Paul, uh, we already... Um, taught online just recently we taught some kids online to see blindfolded and after two sessions online they were able to read and do puzzles and do all kinds of stuff crazy wow yeah so and so we see and, yeah and so go ahead sorry. <laughs> yeah so so when people see it for the first time they say there's no way there's a trick they are cheating they're looking to the side they're looking down um and by the way it is because when you are training with the blindfolds the peripheral vision comes on first so you tend to kind of like look to the side because the light, like the, the information starts to come on this way, but there is no cheating whatsoever because eventually uh, when I saw the kids in the UK, Nicola's kids, I was just so blown away, so blown away. Um, we would give them books that they had never seen before. I would write something up on a piece of paper far away. They had the masks on that they could read. I mean, doing all kinds of incredible, I mean, you saw it in the film. Um, but what I also loved is that when you spoke to the kids, I mean, they would be saying things like, I remember the planet I came from, and I love speaking to Jesus. I can call him anytime, and I see my spirit guides, and it's very easy to speak to extraterrestrials they're all our friends I mean like and they s talk about it like uh, you know like it's no big deal that's who they are um it's just that it's just so warming and like so beautiful to see children so comfortable with with this expanded consciousness you know and so that's what the training also does and that's why i think it's so good for kids and adults to go through this training so um but again as i don't know how the reaction you had but when you first see it you doubt it and that's why later in the film we show how we scientifically were able to show that there is no light in the mask so it's impossible to cheat yes. and and even if there is a little bit of light just think about it i mean people were playing ping pong they're riding a bike i mean you try that doing the reading that works. yeah yeah so. Well, I, I must say I was I didn't react skeptically when I saw it because I have young kids. And I think anyone with young kids who's paying attention will realize uh, that this is a little bit different to ours. And there's something different about how their brains operate. We find with our youngest, for instance, so many times he's just turned six. So many times he would just start speaking what I'm thinking or what Ruth is thinking. And it will be complex adult thoughts, nothing to do with anything we've been doing or talking about. He'll just, it's like he's just downloading our thoughts and will start speaking them. So I watched it, I was so moved by it because I believe that 
we shut this potential down in our kids so often. We don't take it seriously. We don't take note of it. So this leads to my next question, though. The particular kids that we see in that part of the movie doing these amazing things, blindfolded, riding a bike, playing ping pong, reading books they've never read before, are those just regular kids? Or were they kids who had some affinity and that's how come they got to the school? At MPUSA in Ogden, Utah, a blindfold technique called Vibra Vision helps you sense the vibration of various objects in the physical world. All physical matter in the universe is actually a form of energy that's made up of atoms. And those atoms are cycling or vibrating at a certain frequency. Practicing vibravision gives us the ability to access our sensors and to perceive those vibrations and then convert it into a usable mental image we call mindset. Red, yellow, blue, yellow, orange, blue, green. From Utah, we make our way to Stuttgart, Germany. Their children are using a different approach to the methodology and display skills with impeccable accuracy. In the beginning, it felt a bit weird when I was able to see without my eyes, but after a while, you get used to it. I was rather skeptical in the beginning, but once I learned it myself, my reaction was, wow, this really works. I believe much more is possible than we know. Human beings have a lot more skills that they could develop. I also have a granddaughter who learned this skill and bops around with the mask here today. I'm amazed how well it works. Yeah, I think just like when I was a kid, I think all children are open to that potential. Everybody kind of has that potential. But I think some children have positive experiences because I've worked with children where they would have an experience where they would see an angel. So it's nothing's threatening or strange. But still, because their human mind couldn't register, it would kind of trigger fear. And if the parents also uh, didn't encourage these types of experiences or would say, hey, there's nobody there, you know, stop doing that, or, you know, so they would create this trauma and then they would shut it down themselves. So, so I feel like everybody has the potential. Everybody comes equipped the same way, but certain children um, kind of leave that door open. And because of that, their parents also are facilitating the process. And because of that, they will attract you know, the experiences, um, the Nicola and the teachers and um, those types of experiences and, and uh, training that gets them even to the next level. So your kids are very lucky because you should get them to do the blindfolds. Oh, look, we're going to show them your movie. We're going to have some fun. And in fact, I think coming back to something you said earlier, I, I wondered, it was what you were saying about the paper, the paper having a personality. I wonder if sometimes a more relaxed, more playful approach to these things actually helps us to get into them 
better than when we're really, really trying to make something unusual happen. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I learned through this process. Um, that's what that, that was the difference. Like, so when I was working with DNA and water, it doesn't mean that I wasn't happy, but I mean, it was just like easy, easier. As soon as I would focus, it would happen. But the paper, you have to get yourself to this higher vibration. Like it will not respond. It will simply not respond. And I noticed and in the film as well, it was fascinating the paper was perfectly still and then just the minute that Rachel started saying I feel I, I want to just play with it and I want to give it a name like I want to <laughs> so she started giving them like a different name to the different piece of paper and saying you know about joy and love and the minute the second she said love the paper started to move and then she yeah, said, I just want to send love. And, uh, and, it was, and it's the same for me when uh, with a piece of paper or when it's a physical object. I have to get myself in this very joyful, fun, letting go, not caring what would happen. And that's when I get the most result. That's how I did the one in the film that was long distance. Yes, because you were in America. The paper was in Romania. Is that right? No, that that's another experiment. That that, that yeah. one I was in LA and they were in Portland. Okay. And, yeah, and and so that is remote influencing. I don't know how many people have done that. I haven't seen where it's one thing where well, I mean it's still remote if it's sitting in front of you, you're not touching it, but it's another thing when you are a thousand miles away and that piece of paper response and it was an incredible I mean it was crazy the how much it responded on that day um, it was it was amazing our jaws dropped watching it yeah yeah and 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 I remember that day I was literally dancing I mean I was like in a fun playful place I was like let's do this together you know it was like and truly feeling it not you know kind of pretending because it doesn't work you know so it's fascinating what you learn about yourself so in the movie we'll, we'll see you do some experiments and then we see uh, your friend Rachel do some experiments and and some people might look at that and say oh, all right well some people have an affinity for these things maybe maybe we're evolving maybe we're evolving higher consciousness and higher powers. Is it that way around? Are we evolving or is it that we're recovering something that we had before? Which way around do you reckon it is? I think it's, it was part of our DNA. It's always been part of the human DNA as a potential. But I don't know if we want to get into that conversation. But I think at one point, 200,000 years ago, uh, give or take, uh, there was some kind of interference with the DNA. It was kind of uh, tampered with, let's say, and it was shut down generation after generation so that now we see that sort of separation, you know, that sort of uh, isolation we're on planet earth there's nobody else out there is there anybody else out there do we communicate i mean you know that sort of um the physical only um you know separation type thing focus on uh, competition greed i mean you just look around and that's the world that you know we've turned into because of that uh tampering but i yeah. so i think in that sense we are reactivating reawakening what's always been there you know i think 
the exciting take home from that is that we all have that potential. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've come to the same conclusion as you through studying world mythologies and uh, studying the book of Genesis. And in so many of our, our ancient mythologies, uh, the story of where we came from has a story of us being upgraded and upgraded and upgraded and then downgraded. Mm. So the story is we, we used to have this higher ability where we could do things like remote view, where we had telepathic connection or things like precognition, greater powers of self-healing. And then it got dialed down. It's there in the Greek stories. It's in the Popol Vuh, the Mayan Mesoamerican story. It's actually there in Genesis, I reckon, when you translate it right. So when I discovered that, I was that was a totally new paradigm for me. And then I discovered something called acquired savant syndrome, which is uh, something, a real phenomenon studied by scientists all around the world, where an accident, an injury to the brain, unlocks new capabilities. And the scientists who study acquired savant syndrome are very open about their bafflement at it. And they ask the question, can we unlock these high abilities without an accident? And your research and your experiments are saying, yes, we can unlock them. And there are all these different methods we can go to to do that. Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm showing in the film, that it's just a training, uh, you know, so we have everybody has the potential. But just like anything, you want to try a new sport, you have to train, you have to learn the rules, you have to train and give it enough momentum and then you'll just know how to do it so it's a little bit like that you know so people think well how come i can't just do it from the first time well because you haven't done it your entire life and you know it's still kind of a new thing so when i'm teaching this it's it's quite gradual you know we start with a piece of paper you actually almost touch it because you want to kind of have that connection and then you move away then you put a piece of glass that you put two pieces of glass then you go to the other so you want to gradually train yourself and train your brain to be able to do these things but it's absolutely possible but also to finish to kind of continue on what what i said earlier that um yes we we did have the potential that we are reawakening but i also feel that there is an additional upgrade also happening right now I feel like we've taken a new trajectory uh, that that has not just the awakening, but uh, just like before it was interference for um, tampering with the DNA, now there is interference for upgrading the DNA. And so that's the reason why a lot of the new generations, the new children just being born now and the younger kids are coming already upgraded. And so... And, but the adults can potentially also get that upgrade just from by doing yes. this training. I, I am definitely seeing that. Definitely in my interaction with children, I'm seeing exactly what you just said. Now, Caroline, millions of people are going to watch Superhuman and they're going to watch the movie. They're going to be excited and inspired. They're going to want to do something about it. They should all go to Omnium Universe what will they find there? 
How can well, you help actually, us? Actually, they should go to superhumanfilm.com because, uh, first of all, the film is there, but also the workshops, we put them on the same website because that's exactly why. Because we noticed that people are going to want to learn. And so, so we've already taught two classes online. Uh, one is for kids, the blindfold with kids, like I was saying. And also I taught a series that has remote viewing, uh, spoon bending, you know, telekinesis and things like that. Uh, that is also past, but people can download and learn on their own. And we have new ones coming up. So the best thing is to go to superhumanfilm.com and go to the workshop page and see what's coming up. And we also have the blindfold uh, classes uh, for adults. <laughs> if you're interested, you'll be my guest. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll be going there. I re recommend it to everybody. Superhuman is the name of the movie. Tell us the address of your website once again, Caroline. Yeah, it is superhumanfilm.com. Awesome. And we'll put that in the links below. Caroline Corey, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been an absolute pleasure talking with you and I hope we'll talk again soon. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. And I hope to uh, hear from you and your children <laughs> wanting to try it out. You know, it's just so such an incredible training and, um, you know, a tool for transformation and to me, empowerment, because I feel like it's very timely, especially with what's happening right now. It's a way for us to regain that, um, that ability to wait. Maybe I can control my reality in my own way. And so that's what I'm hoping the film is going to do. Oh, I agree. It's absolutely topical. It's absolutely what people need in 2020. And we'll definitely be going there. So we'll see you there. I hope so. Thank you so much. All the best. And we wish you every success with Superhuman. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Fifthkind.tv